Hi, welcome to Coffee and Closers. I'm Nikolai Bedor, and I want to personally invite you to join me and one of today's top performing sales stars for a cup of coffee and authentic conversation. And our collective goal is that you will walk away with tangible knowledge that you can apply to your sales efforts today. Are you ready? Grab a cup, fill it up, and let's get into another episode of Coffee and Closers. Let's give a warm cocktail enclosures edition welcome to Mikel Abador. Love you. How is everybody? Thanks, thanks for coming. I'll tell you what, if you're having a bummer of a day, this, this is a guy, that's the, either one of these guys, they're for sale. Uh, I hire them up and have them walk into a room before you get in there and just talk you up. That was really lovely, thank you. I was gonna say, I can see why you like this now. Get up. <laughs> It's like your own little personal rah-rah session once a month. Uh, but speaking of which, uh, I think the first question that is begged to be answered is, how does it feel to be in the other chair, being interviewed on your, uh, your own show? Well, how'd you sleep last night? <laughs> Not very well. Not very well. Four kids and a uh, three-month-old in the house. I usually sleep like a baby. You. I usually sleep like a baby the, the <laughs> night before coffee and closers, but this... This is not one. I'm a little nervous, if I'm being honest. <laughs> a lot as, more work on this side. As you should be. Thanks for uh, inviting me to be your interrogator today. For sure. Um, well, I don't know that you've had a chance to do this yet, with all the commotion that goes into putting on these events. So I'm going to ask you to take a moment. Take a look out at the crowd and what you've created over these last couple of years and what this has become. Pretty awesome. I'm not going to be the sixth person to cry on this show this year. <laughs> it is awesome. It's, you know, it's, to be fair, it's the joy of, of my life. Like, it's, we've done a lot of things, but this just brings so much joy. You know what I mean? It really does. And to see people show up for it, I mean, because that was the only thing, is we're going to keep putting energy into it as long as people bring energy to it and people keep showing up. And when you guys stop showing up, I am a man of my word. We will not do this anymore. <laughs> Um, as long as you love it, it makes us love it, and it, and it gives us the, the fuel to keep doing it, you know? Well, I think, uh, I think it's going to take a while until <laughs> no one's showing up anymore, so I think you're okay there. Um, but this is what this has become. Now we all get to see what this is today. But I thought, for those that haven't been along for the entire journey, take us all the way back to episode number one, your first coffee and closers. And... Tell us a little bit about what was the inspiration that created this in the first place? Why did you do this? And then it's a two or three part question. Um, so then for those that are out in the crowd that are looking to do something similar, they've got their own community that they want to build. Yeah. Um, what have you learned? And what are you doing differently now than you did two years ago? Um, and what advice would you give to some of those people looking to create their own community? For sure, how many people are thinking of doing something like this? All right. Well, I'll, you, I I'm going to stare right at you for this entire... <laughs> 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 nah. Okay, I will. Um, so, well, okay, I want to give credit where credit's due. And Susie's not here, and uh, she was kind of part of the original team. She's in L.A. Uh, right now. But um, she uh, has handled our operations for, for years. And she... So, you guys know Traction, L10? So, we have our Monday morning... We had our Monday morning L10 meeting <laughs> back in the day. And she had a screenshot waiting for us. And she said do you see this? See this, this calendar? She goes, that's your calendar. And she said, you see all the ones that are colored this color? She goes, those are all 
uh, meetings that you're having this, this week and next um, where you're, you're, someone's picking your brain about sales stuff. And she goes, guess what? They're paying nothing for that. Guess what? I have to pay a mortgage. We need you, if you're gonna run this agency, to go and produce revenue. So she goes, we need to change this. So you need to come up with a way that people can come to you versus you going to them. And so I, at the time, the people I was meeting with were all technical people. They were developers, they were really brilliant, but sales really scared them. And so I thought, well, I, you know, I was having coffees with them because I was equally as impressed with them, man. I was like, well, I don't know how to code anything. I barely know how to turn my computer on. True story. Um, I've seen it. <laughs> And um, keep, keep it simple, right? Um, and so I said, okay. And, and so we came up with some ideas. And, sh and I'm like, well, how about this? We're at Coco at the time. Why don't we just rent a room or borrow a room and just, I'll, I'll just say, hey, whoever wants to ask some questions, now you can come to that room and then you can ask those questions. And that's what it was. Nothing more. And so we, we had 45, 50 people. Or we had an overwhelming amount of people show up or sign up, I'm sorry. And I went, oh, crap, I'm nervous. What if people ask me managerial questions or whatever? And I'm like, I've never been a manager at that time, so that scared me. So I'm like, well, why don't I bring my buddy Garrett Kramer, who's an exquisite uh, sales leader, and he sat next to me. And when we sat there and we had this full room, Gario, if you guys know Gario, Gario I think is here. Yeah, there you are. Um, Gario put like a, like a little cam, like just a little fish cam, just, like just a little camera just to record the experience in case we forgot something. That's literally how this started. But the crazy thing was, all the people that I was having coffee, coffee with, they didn't show up. <laughs> it was all you guys. It was my, my, my family. It was salespeople. And, and, and that really twisted things up because I, tried, I thought we were building it for this, and then salespeople showed up. And it's been 50, 60. It's, now it's been three venues since. And in all that time, you, sales folks keep, keep showing up, which is a beautiful thing. But in that time, which was our mission all along, was to get those technical people to eventually come. And now about 40% of our people are those technical people and our first two-year goal really was, let's, two things. First half of this mission, let's, let's bridge the, first let's just dissolve the stereotype that salespeople are dirtballs and sleazy and liars. Now, there are, there are plenty of those people, they exist, but there probably got to be some sleazy technical people too, right? Um, and so if we can do that and we can build that trust and, and just show that, that we all have to communicate effectively, which is sales, right? And we all have to do it in some capacity, whether it's personally or professionally, okay? And then what if we were to then make it a, a, a really comfortable experience for all people to come, for all people of technical, all people that, that, that do this? And I feel like with 40%, it's not 50 of those technical people coming along with salespeople, we've achieved that first level goal. And we've got some egregious goals after that, but that was kind of the, the whole mission and kind of story behind it. I want to talk about some of those goals. We'll bring some of those up a little bit later, but um, you might even be reaching your goal because I think if I look at the crowd and the people that I meet, that people that would consider themselves true salespeople and then those that are technical, but then there's that other category, which is a lot of founders that you've created a community for um, that maybe wouldn't necessarily consider themselves salespeople um, that you've brought to the mix. So I think you've, I think you've accomplished at this point. So tell, me, tell us about the, uh, uh, what have you learned? So what, is, what has changed? So that's a great view of where this has started and what it's become. But tell us about, uh, what, what have you learned over the past couple of years? And what are you doing differently now than you did two years ago that's well, helping this continue to thrive? I'll tell you the first thing you should do if you're going to run any sort of business is probably put a plan together. That would be great. We did not do that at all. 
I didn't even have a camera for God's sakes, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Regario, uh, for putting one in front of us. I think, I think that what with the sales folks, like that that whole thing that we thought this and then this happened. I think that if you if you're going to create an event, right? If you're going to do if you're going to start a revolution or whatever, you know, that's been our goal is to start a revolution is is to just disseminate sales altogether and let's talk about effective communication and let's talk about empowering people to get their way because who doesn't want to get their way? Right? Everybody. Like you don't want someone else to tell you what to eat or someone else to tell you what to think or go. Like you've got to have your own you got to be your own person, right? Um, but when you when you come up with something, to me it should be Here's the group of people that I want to affect. Here's the group of people I want to speak to. Maybe it's just one person, right? But that one person is worth building something around. Because if you don't have that, people just want to build a cool, they want to build a cool party or, or a cool experience or a cool event, but that has no soul, right? For people to keep coming and coming and coming, it's been two years now, there's got to be a soul here. There's got to be something further than just getting together and, and crushing some cocktails you know, and playing grab ass with each other. Like, there's got to be something deeper uh, where, where there's got to be a further mission. And, and the, the feedback that we get is, is that. It's, there's something that I feel when I come to this event. And so I think that if you're going to create something, have a mission behind it, I would, I would do a business plan <laughs> if I were to do this all over again. Um, <laughs> start with a business plan, but, but don't start with a, sorry, don't start with a business plan. Start with a mission plan. Start with that mission plan. The dollars will come, but you got to have, you got to have a, something that you're serving outside of just bringing people together. So what I heard was grab ass and cocktails. <laughs> and you got your community. Write that down. <laughs> All right, switching gears a little bit. <clears throat> Something that a lot of people here might not know about you, Mick. Because I haven't seen you wearing your Batman or Captain America costumes out in public. Oh. Recently, <laughs> anyway. Um, got to come over more. Is... <laughs> <laughs> is you're a big fan of superheroes. Yeah. Uh, and you've obviously had a lot of success in a lot of different ventures, your entrepreneurial ventures, your sales ventures, music, um, coffee and closers, events. And as we all know that you know, superheroes have, they're just like the rest of us, but they got this one thing, this one thing that makes them super and stand out from the rest. I'm curious, Mick, what do you think your superpower is? So this is what I these know you thought about this. What these questions feel like? Yeah, you can't sell much with Wolverine hands or claws. That would be kind of my go-to. But um, so okay, I'm a big comic book fan, and and particularly DC comics. Uh, Marvel, we'll we'll give them the movies, but DC's put out some great comics over the years. And you brought up Super. So some of you might know this. I'm assuming half of you at least do. That Superman's from Krypton, and uh, his weak. What gets, makes him weak is is Kryptonite. The reason why it's kryptonite is because the sun, the earthly sun, gives him his strength, which makes him super when he gets in touch with Krypton from his planet Kryptonian. Is this, you guys tracking? Um, anyway, <laughs> it makes him weak. I guess what I'm trying this to This isn't exactly what I was thinking about when I asked the question. Well, you asked it. Um, I think what I'm trying to say is, is my superpower is my kryptonite, which is my ADHD. And I don't think people talk about that as much as they should, Patrick. I know you do. So I have ADHD. <laughs> Don't act surprised. Come on, I work with Jeff. <laughs> There's nobody that's surprised. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, what I mean by that is, is I think that, you know, like Superman, um, what he is and what, what he becomes is, with, with ADHD, the superpower is you can process thought 
a lot faster than, like you can hear information, you can compute it, you can filter it, you can fractionalize it, you know, that's great. So it helps when you're starting a business because you can, um, you can just, you can, you can pivot faster, right? You can, you can compute number, it just, it's, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, Patrick, you know what I'm talking about. You can, you just, your brain works fast in a good way. Equally though, your brain works fast in a bad way because you're moving too fast to really put a lot of structure around all those thoughts and um, you know opinions you, that you're making, and and then and then you think, well, so you move around, which is you know in our businesses, some of them we've probably closed down too fast, and some of them we've probably hung on to too long, for whatever reason, and I would I would tie that to emotion, you know, there's there's the logic and the emotion, and you get emotionally attached to these things, right? But I would say that, so I know that's not a real answer, but like I think the superpower, I love having ADHD, I, I honestly believe it, it's a superpower, and if if anyone else wants to admit that they have it, here's your time. All right, all right, all right, all right. Thank you, I've seen some hands go up. I love it, I don't know about you, but I love it. I think it's great. Um, it's been hard to hone. I don't know if you've struggled with that too. It's very hard to hone. But I've found that in business, if I can pair up with someone like, like an operational person, you know, an operational person that is my opposite but can also appreciate that they're gonna have frustrating moments. <laughs> um, that is an unstoppable bond and an unstoppable, like that's a powerhouse, and, right? And um, you'll find that in, in a lot of businesses. I mean, you can, you can, if anyone's on Twitter or whatever, you can find a lot of these CEOs. They've got six things going on. They're doing this. They're investing. They're all over the place. Chances are you probably have ADHD. But the difference is uh, that I didn't till la later on is when you find that, that yin to your yang, um, then you do have a superpower. Then you actually have somebody, you have the, you know, well, you have the Justice League, right? You build a company around the Justice League. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I was just sitting there. Um, that works. But yeah. that would be it. And I know that's not really an answer, but um, I think I felt answer. compelled to share that because I think more people need to talk about those types of things. I think that might change. If we get you up as a sponsor, it might change the way that we treat ADHD in our schools. Uh, there's a couple that you missed, and I'm not going to argue your superpower because I think that might be one of your superpowers. But... Um, a couple of things that, that I also believe are your superpower, um, having known you for all these years. One is you take gratitude, and, and I think these are worth mentioning, mainly because um, they're replicatable, right? If you don't have ADHD, you're not gonna go out and get ADHD tomorrow. Um, because you wanted that to be your new superpower. My wife's been trying to buy it for years. <laughs> uh, but things that are more replicable for everybody out in the audience um, is, First, you take gratitude to an extreme level. Um, I have never in my life met somebody that is so genuinely excited about the things that they do. And it's, it's the things that you do, it's, it's, it, it comes out in, in sales, it comes out with the people that you're with, and those people are the only person in the world when you're with them one-on-one. Um, -on -one. Uh, your job, what you're selling is like the greatest thing in the world. Like I think I dressed up when, when you're as you as like super awesome, amazing man or something like that because it was one of your superpowers. Long story is a birthday party. Um, but <clears throat> you're that's epic man. <laughs> epic man, I think that's what it was. Um, but that's one um, is an extreme level of gratitude uh, for everything that you do and everything that you have in your life. And then the second um, one that I've, that I've seen you with Mick has a lot to do with um, I forgot the second one 
It's, it's also a great one, but, I, but I, 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 I forgot what that is off the top of my head. Um, so we're going we're gonna to keep moving on to, uh, on to the next thing. I don't have ADHD. And I'm telling you right now, whatever you're thinking it is, it's definitely better than that. It's definitely better than that. I remember what it is. All right. So I've got this also, I've got this great superpower where I can forget things like that, which is awesome in arguments and, you know, when things don't go right, I kind of, I can forget them and, and, and move on. Um, I'm going to have to try that one. But is this, you have this dogged determination and I've got a great story for people after this is all done, uh, but, you know, buy me a drink and I'll tell you about the story of Mick climbing a coconut tree in Australia. But <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about. Um, but it, this has come across in every other aspect of your life. And I've seen you go in and where someone has left something for dead, a territory that everyone said, there's nothing left here. This is a, a dead territory. And you say, not, no, no, it's not. I'm, I'm going to go make that territory the best territory in the company. And you've done that time and time again. And it's, a, it's, it's nothing more than a belief and a dogged determination to go out and make it happen. Two more superpowers that you didn't know you had. All right, so moving on. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, you see, you brought up kryptonite, and every superhero has their kryptonite. Um, but following the same theme in the arc of the hero, and every hero, uh, before they become the hero, so we're all here to celebrate Mikli, our hero, um, but they have an epic failure. Uh, something that goes terribly wrong in their life, and they have to overcome that before they become the superhero that we all know and love. Um, I thought maybe you could talk about what's an epic failure that you've had. And perhaps you could talk about it in a, in a sales context, but I think you know, for, for a lot of the people that are here in the audience today, perhaps something outside of your sales career. And something where a lot of time, a lot of money, blood, sweat, and tears, and it didn't end up quite the way that you wanted it to. And uh, don't leave any of the details out. The gorier, the better. That's a great question. You know, I'm going to tie the sales thing in just because it applies to life. I mean, sales has been, I've been doing, I've been getting paid to do sales since I was 16. It's, I literally know, I've, I know sales like it's, a, like it's a relative, you know. Some people have brothers or family members that have been a part of their life this, this long. And I'm hovering around 40 just for, for the rest of you. Um, so that's a long time. And, you know, I, I've struggled with, you know, do I love, you know, now that apparently I'm the copy and closures guy, everyone's like, well, I like sales, but you must love it. <laughs> you know, do, do I love it like a relative? Meaning, do I always like it? I don't know. You know, do I love it? But it's always been there for me. And talk about failures. I mean, the thing about myself is that I do get excited about things. And that is a weakness. Because I can get really excited about something and go all in and could end up costing, costing money, right? Like, I was told I wasn't going to get in, into college. I pr proved that person wrong. And because of sales, I was able to pay for, for our, you know, some of my college because of that. Then I got, I got a great job in Manhattan to be an entertainment agent, like literally spending money like I was a rock star with rock stars. Difference was I was 22, making nothing. And uh, sales was there to kind of like basically pay off that heap of credit card debt, you know? It helped when we took some massive whiffs 
on some, uh, you know, on some startups that we tried to found that just didn't, didn't fail, all because I was jumping in too early, but sales has always had my back. Do you know what I mean? So when everyone asks, like, your mistakes, well, my, my mistakes have always, I mean, my mistakes happen weekly. And I think my biggest mistake is just my, 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 my lack of fear to jump into something, which is a strength. But sales has always been there to, to have my back. It literally is, I've, I've, I've depended on it, man. And it's also taught me things, right? It's taught me how to, how to, how to negotiate a car dealer or how to, you know, maybe not have to eat broccoli tonight or, you know, um, how, to, how to hear rejection. Because not, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in sales, you get rejected a lot. And, you, and how do you take that, right? But I guess my, my struggle has been, you know, do I like sales or, or, or love sales? To me, it's like, would I, if sales were a person, would I call it up on a Saturday and, and want to hang out with it? Yeah, probably not. But, you know, if I get thrown a slammer next week, you know, would sales be my first call? Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> you know, I, I hope that answers your question, but it's hard to remove sales from my life because it's been a part of it for so long, and it's always covered all the mistakes I've made, which have been plentiful. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> um, we got time for maybe another question or two. And being that you have so many different experiences, um, you know, I thought maybe we could tap into what are some of the uh, what's what some of the, what's some of the advice that you find yourself giving new salespeople as you've met thousands of salespeople that have come through Coffee and Closers. Um, what are some of the things that you're that you're talking about on a regular basis? Some of the advice that you're giving some of the some people new to sales. Yeah, it, thanks. I mean, it's again, joy in my life. I guess is is. The one, well, the one thing that I'll, I'll, I end up talking a lot with entrepreneurs now because of the entrepreneur thing and then, and then salespeople. The one thing I'll tell entrepreneurs, just to get this and then we'll focus on salespeople, is entrepreneur is just a fancy French word for salesperson. Um, I know that because I've been a salesperson for most of my life and I've also been an entrepreneur. And I will tell you, I sell harder and faster and, uh, as an entrepreneur than I do as a, as a professional salesperson who only has to focus on one thing. But for salespeople, I think that... You're, you guys don't have the advantage that we had. You know, maybe some of you do, but, but for the most of the audience I can see, they just don't train people like they used to, right? They don't invest in, in salespeople like they used to, yet they still pair up the same metrics. Now, there are some great companies like Microsoft, you know, NetSuite, and so on that, that do invest in those training dollars, um, but there aren't. So what I would say is there are resources and books and things, but if you can find a coach, and that coach probably doesn't work with you because they just... You know, but if you can find somebody that you can pair up with, I mean, people do life coaches, they do, they hire, uh, you know, uh, training coaches, uh, those things exist. Um, why not pair up with somebody that you know? It could be in a completely different company or it could be an older person or a younger person to pair up and have that accountability partner, right? Maybe, you're, maybe they're reading books and you're reading books, but, but I, would, I would absolutely partner up with that person. And the thing that I would put in place, we talk about business plans, is having a, a, a Having a, a, a plan, which is action, hold on, no, that's not the word, a process that you put in place every day that is action and plan, action and plan, because people do, I did, I always, I would act before I'd plan, you know, and then there's a lot of people that will plan before they'll act, or they'll plan too much, they'll sit in their desk or whatever, and they'll just plan, and they don't pick up the phone or whatever you guys do to, to, to you know, prospect these days, but, um, that's very important to have, to, have an, to have that accountability for yourself and then an accountability partner that you can share to say, here's where I, here's where I ended up, right? 
It sounds crazy and it sounds ridiculous, but I will tell you the people that do that, the people that have the most success that I've seen have that. And a lot of us had that built in to our, the other companies that we worked for. I don't see that a lot in these younger companies. So you have to create it for yourself. Because at the end of the day, it's your quota. That's your quota. You can't feel sorry for yourself because this or that or whatever. You know, it's, it's your quota. It's your job. And if you, and if you want that job and you want to be successful and you want to you have the life that, that sales could, to, could give you, because I'm not a smart guy, I'm not an athletic guy, you know, I just have worked hard, I'm empathetic, I give a about other people. If you have all those things, then what's the only thing that's keeping you from that and rocket fuel success is that, is that plan. Amen? Amen. Right. I think we still do that yeah. together. Absolutely. And talk about those things. I, I can't, I can't uh, echo as much, or I can't echo enough how important that is, to have accountability, to have a plan, to have action. Um, you might have covered it in there, too, because I think that probably applies to everything, but not only to salespeople, but let's talk about entrepreneurs, because you've been on both sides of the, of the fence, and entrepreneurs being a fancy French word for salespeople, but what, would you, what, what different um, or slightly different twist on advice would you give, or do you find yourself giving most often to new entrepreneurs? So something that I'll, I'll say about being on both sides is I've repped you know, Oracle. I've, I've, re I've worked for Oracle. Who here has never heard of Oracle? <laughs> All right. Um, nobody, um, for those at home. I don't know if you catch that. Um, people have heard of Oracle, therefore they think about Oracle, right? That's a disadvantage in some, in some capacity. Like if, if you hate Oracle, you just hate Oracle. So if I try and sell you Oracle, you're like, ugh, no. But if you're an entrepreneur and this is your idea, no one's ever heard of it except for you, that's a huge advantage. Huge advantage. And you've got to think about it that way, right? You've got to think, no one's ever heard of this. I, I get a chance to share it with you. I get to bring this thing to you that you've never heard of. And that is how you should look at it. Don't look at all the... Being an entrepreneur is, is hard because it's like sales as well as being an accountant and a lawyer <laughs> and, and whatever, you know, it, babysitter in some cases, um, but you still are a salesperson at the end of the day, and that's how the company exists or it doesn't exist, either revenue or no revenue. That's, that's, that's pretty cut and dried. But if you can think of yourself as somebody who's bringing something new to somebody, right, that you verify that there's a need, there's a pain that you are solving with whatever it is that you have, and you get a chance to tell them for the first time, and you can bring that excitement and that light to them, you're not selling anymore. Like, you're evangelizing. That's very mission-based, and it's a lot easier than going to get some quota at some big company that's like, go sell, <laughs> go sell our stuff whether they want it or not. You know, and I, I think that's what I love about being an entrepreneur is it's scary and it's crazy and whatever, but if you can look at it differently, that it really is the opportunity to, to share something new with people that you'll, you'll, you'll wake up every day, clap your hands, and, and get to work. At least I did. I love it. All right, <clears throat> I want to wrap up on coffee and closures again. You yep. talked a little bit earlier about the mission and what the mission has been and continues to, to push you forward. And as long as people are coming to your events, you're going to keep doing this for them. But um, let's take a peek in the future, maybe a couple of years, a couple of years out. Or it doesn't have to be a couple of years out. What are some of the things that, that you're working on that, uh, that we can maybe expect from coffee and closer over the next handful of months and years? Um, that maybe a lot of these people here might not know about. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So since the little, we do have a business plan now, by the way. We do have a plan, okay? It's good. <laughs> you can only do this for so long before the wheels start shaking and forget what day 
the week copying closures is held. Um, so we have a plan, we have a mission, we've updated our mission. Um, if you can't tell, I'm very mission-based. Um, but the new mission, so that, that the first phase was we really wanted to bridge. We wanted to take parties because we thought if we could get a d developer or a doctor or just really somebody, <laughs> I sound so, so C-level, I'm like a smart guy. Um, but if we get a group of smart people to, to see sales as not this gross, scary thing, but, in, but, but instead inspire them to maybe want to learn more about how to communicate effectively, um, then I think the world would be a crazy better place because now you have those two superpowers joining forces. And I think we've seen that. Not, we're not at 100%, but we're at 40%, which is pretty good considering two years. Um, but the new mission is something greater, and this is going to be egregious, and I'm going to need your guys' help. Um, so I don't know. Has anyone ever been, like, maybe... You, you've been told you couldn't do something or you've been held down or has anyone ever yeah, had those days, right? Well, we're all here in America, right? Like what about all people that live in Greenland or like, you know, a um, place without, you know, internet to, to water or whatever. Um, what, what my big, hairy, audacious goal is, um, and we have some steps to get there, but is I really want... I want people that think, ah, I can't, I have nothing here, look at this, I have no water, I have nothing. Or I have, you know, I, I'm not gonna mount anything. It doesn't matter what neighborhood you live in or where you are around the, the world. I, w I, I would like for Coffee and Closers somehow to reach those people, to be some sort of voice so that people can, can find out like, sales is a thing, like it is a real skill. I was told I wasn't gonna mount to something and I think I have. Um, what about those other people <laughs> that have been told that they couldn't and we can, we can educate them on what this craft is. You say, listen, there's no barrier to entry. It doesn't cost anything to get into sales. You don't need a degree. I barely had one. You know, um, you don't have to be tall, obviously, or good luck. Well, that's, you know, forget about him. Let's focus on me. Um, you know, you, you don't have to have these things. All you have to have is you have to have empathy. Like, you actually have to care. You really have to care, right, about the person you're, 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 you're wishing to serve. You know, you have to be able to listen and hear what, what, what's coming at you. you. You know what I mean? You have to be able to be disciplined and work hard every single day, every day, eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours a day. And then you have to represent something that you truly believe in. And if all those things match up, anybody can do this. Anybody. No, granted, I, some people are going to be better than others. But, but, you know, I'm not going to be able to be a rocket scientist. Just don't have the, the goods, you know. There's a lot of people that won't be able to be able to do that, but there's a lot of people that communicate passion about something that they believe in to another human being, right? That's something everybody can do. And so, to me, that would open up a lot more opportunity, a lot more dollars in these people's pockets. It could, it could potentially change the world. You guys might be laughing, but I'm telling you, it changed my life. And I think if we can be that voice of coffee and closers, we've already bridged one gap, right? Like, we, why don't we keep bridging gaps. So the steps to get there, one of them is we want to take coffee and closers kind of on the road. So we want to do some pop-up things um, to start maybe at, at companies. I know that's the most non, you know, no water, no electricity kind of move, but we want to take it to different places and we want to, um, we want to interview new people that we've never talked to and we hope that the vibe of coffee and closers can continue to be about that inspiration. People don't know this, but coffee and closers uh, is, is, is kind of a tongue-in-cheek rip on Glengarry Glen Ross. You guys know that one? Yeah, anyone that's been selling for the couple, last 10 years, that's like the, the show list. It's the most worth, it's the worst depiction of salespeople, second to the Wolf of Wall Street, which just came out, by the way. <laughs> Thanks for taking us back 20 years. You know, as we try and build up what salespeople really do in the art and science of it, I think the Coffee and Closers could be that voice. So I'm going to need your help, right? If you guys are with me, are you with me? Yeah. Can you help? 
All right. Nick, that's awesome. Inspirational. Um, you've inspired me over the last 20 years. This continues to inspire. I think it's a very worthy, uh, big, hairy, audacious goal. And it looks like the entire coffee enclosures and cocktails enclosures uh, army out there has got your back. Thanks so much, Michael. It was so awesome to have you as our guest today. And love you, man. So what do we think? What'd you learn? Well, if you like that, check out coffeeclosers.com for upcoming episodes, recordings, and more. And don't forget to check out our sponsors. Each one has been hand-selected. They are best in class. Until next time, we'll see you at the next Coffee Enclosures. Cheers. Say live, come on live. Live a life we love. Gotta live, I said live. Live a life we love.